Well, good noonday Wednesday to you. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I hope that you're having a good day today. Wherever you are and whatever you're facing, whatever you're having to deal with, may the Lord bless you uh, today. We continue to think about these days, timely answers from God's Word. We've talked a lot about a lot of different things uh, together. Uh, today, let me remind us again of this wonderful verse. I love this verse in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 23. A person has joy in giving an appropriate answer. And a word at the right time, how good is it? So two parts to this uh, verse, just for a moment. <clears throat> let me talk about it. First of all, there's joy in giving an appropriate answer. And as I've said to you before, my friends, you know, every answer starts with a question and the best and most appropriate answers come from God's Word. And I appreciate my friends and others who share with me as I need them when I have questions in my life, truths from God's Word, appropriate answers that help me. The other part of the verse, this is Proverbs 15, 23, a person has joy in giving an appropriate answer. Second part, and a word, a word, which is also another way of saying an answer, a word at the right time. How good is it? Have you ever had somebody give you an answer, a good answer, but it wasn't the right time? You either weren't willing to receive it or... Um, you weren't in a good place or whatever the circumstance was. It didn't seem like the right time, but then, oh, how wonderful. How good was the experience for you when you received that uh, good word at just the right time. You received that word and it kept you from sin. You received that word and it kept you from despair. You received that word and it gave you insight and direction for the future. This is what we're talking about here. So what I'm, uh, what I'm talking to you about these days are some of the foundational teachings or doctrines of uh, the Christian faith. And today we talk about something. So let me say it this way. First of all, I'll give you the question. What happens to sinners who do not repent of their sins and trust in Jesus Christ? It's a very important question, wouldn't you agree? Uh, what happens to people who live in their sin and die in their sin and who never come to know Jesus Christ? Now look, friends, uh, this is, this is uh, an, uh, this, I'm going to give an appropriate answer from God's Word. Some answers from God's Word are comforting. We love the promises of God that comfort us. Uh, some of uh, the answers of God's Word are instructive. They give us direction for life, insight, understanding. But now listen, I must do this as a pastor too. Uh, some answers from God's Word are warnings. They are warnings. Warnings for us not to live a certain way. Warnings for us not to do certain things because of the outcome. Well, today we answer this very, very important question. In fact, on this question, uh, people's eternal destiny hangs. 
what will they do with Jesus Christ? Every person on the planet. Will they be saved or will they die in their sins? Well, I've chosen the appropriate answer for this question coming from Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It's a famous verse. <clears throat> Most of you listening to me today know it. Uh, you've memorized it. You've thought about it. Uh, after learning Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Then we also learn Romans 6.23. We teach it to our children. Here it is. For the wages, the payment of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Two sides of very important question. Will we receive the payment of sin, which is death, or will we accept the free gift, not a payment, but a gift, the gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ? Well, I've got just a couple of observations on this that I want us to think about today, just for a moment. And I hope that these this answer is coming to you in a timely way. You might have someone in your family who's still living in their sins and has never been saved. You may have a, uh, a child. You may have a parent. Uh, you may have a friend at work. You may have a neighbor. Uh, you may have someone who uh, you know very well, but they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, how this ought to burden all of us who are followers of Jesus. First, I would remind you in this answer about what happens to sinners who die in their sins, that there is a payment for living a life of sin without repentance and trust in Christ. There's a payment. You get paid in this life and in the next life for a life of sin. Think about this for a moment, friends. It's this, this word wages, you know, all of us talk to our employers about our wages and we talk and, and you, you receive your wages as a result of your work. That's why it says the wages of sin. The work of sin has a wage. I was just thinking about some of the ways to describe this wage. You know, sin pays a person in, a, in having a lost relationship between themselves and God. They're separated from him. When Adam and Eve sinned, they went and hid themselves. Isn't that interesting? They had, they had wonderful fellowship, sweet fellowship with God. But when they sinned, they ran away from God. Here's what sin pays. Sin pays uh, the sinner in destroying and breaking and alienating them from God. They have no interest in God. They have a lost relationship with God. They, they have a hardened heart toward God. Sin pays in hardening our heart. There is nothing sadder than a hard heart against God's word and against God's grace. There is nothing sadder. My friend, don't live with a hard heart. Don't be hard-hearted. Uh, Hard-heartedness is a sign of the wage of sin. Sin pays in uh, deception, in the thinking that sin is pleasurable and it's always going to be good. No, there's... Pleasure in sin for a season, but the reality is that sin pays with deception. It deceives us in thinking that what we think is good for us and pleasurable is going to last. No sin lasts. 
they all they all end in sadness. The sin uh, sin pays also in lifelong unfulfillment, and lack of satisfaction. Look, if I'm living my life in dissatisfaction, I need to pause and think about why am I so dissatisfied? Why can I not be content? Why can I not experience the joy of the Lord? Why do I have this this uh, continual uh, feeling of unfulfillment? There's lots of people like that because when I'm living in sin, it pays me unfulfillment and uh, lack of satisfaction. What about this whole matter of resisting the warnings of God? Sin makes me rebel more against God day by day till finally I don't hear God's word. I suppress the truth. I ignore God's word. And sadly, as Paul tells us in Romans 1, my mind is depraved and I'm twisted and I'm thinking in all kinds of confused ways. Well, the reality is sin pays a person in spiritual death and physical death. The second thing is that there's an accountability for living a life of sin without repentance and trust in Christ. Let me just, I'm going to just read these verses without any comment, but they remind us that when you sin, you're accountable for your sin. There's a lot of people in the world who are trying to say that somebody else's, it's somebody else's fault what they're going through. I hope you're not one of them. You're responsible for your own sin. You're responsible for your own sin. I'm responsible for my own sin. Listen, Romans 14, 12, each of us shall give an account of himself, of himself or herself to God. Hebrews 4, 13, there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. We must give an account now. We must talk about our life. Uh, uh, we have 1 Peter 4, 5. All of us will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. So there's a day of accountability coming for believers. We'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ, not to be judged whether we're saved or lost, but to be judged on how we've spent our life. Look, you have less days to live now than you've ever had. You have less days left. How are you going to spend them for the glory of God? Will you spend them for yourself or will you spend them for the glory of God? So there is accountability. There's a payment for sin. There's accountability for our sin, but there's also misery and pain in sin. I, I sat with a man once, I've done it many times, who had committed great sin. And oh, the misery and the sadness in his face. Oh, the sadness and heartache in his voice. The regret and the pain <clears throat> that had cost him in his life. My friend, there's misery in sin. There's no pleasure in it. There's misery and pain. Proverbs 22.5 says, Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. When I live in perversity, when a sinner will not repent of their sins and believe in Jesus Christ, they may look like they're having a wonderful time, but there's thorns and snares. Proverbs 5.22, we've talked about it on Sunday morning as we've talked about teaching our children about the consequences of sin. His own iniquities will capture the wicked and he will be held with the cords of his sin. Oh, how sin's cords hold us and keep sinners from the Savior. So there's a payment for sin. There's accountability for our own sin. And I must give an account to God. So must you. So must every person on the planet. 
<clears throat> whether they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or not, in the sovereignty of God, all will stand before the Lord. There's misery in this life because of sin, but oh, this is the most sobering thing. This is why we share the gospel. This is why our church talks about missions. This is why we go. This is why we tell. This is why we preach. This is why we teach. The wages of sin is death, and eternal death and misery await all who do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to end today by reading these sobering words from Revelation chapter 20. For at the end of God's word, one chapter from the end of God's word, we read these very real words. John says, I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. How can you say it any more than that? Why do we do all we do at the church? Why do we, why do we go? Why do we share the gospel? Why do we preach? Why do we uh, appeal to our loved ones? Why do we talk to our neighbors about Jesus Christ? Because, my dear friends, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. There's a payment. Sin pays so sadly. Sin makes me accountable to God for a wasted life. Sin brings pain and misery. And sin, if it's not... Uh, repented of, and we do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, leads me to eternal misery in hell. So today we must think about these things. We must understand this question, what happens to sinners who do not repent of their sins and trust Jesus Christ? Here's a word at the right time. The wages of sin is death, but I have good news for you. Here is, here is the promise for eternal life. It's the last half of Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death, but, there's a great word, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ given to us freely if we will repent of our sins and be saved. Look, many of you are like me. You remember when you were dead in your sins? You remember what you were like, friend? You remember how it was? You remember those days of living without God, without hope in this world? But now you've been saved. Think about, think about someone in your life and in your family. You know, Brother Todd, in our church, we talked about who's your one. Who's the one person you're going to make sure you share the gospel with? Maybe today, because of this timely word for us all, you'll find time and a way to share the gospel with someone who needs to hear it today. May the Lord bless you. Hope you can come to be with us tonight at church, Wednesday night uh, or Sunday as we continue to study God's Word together and think about how we care for the souls of our children as for me and my house will serve the Lord. Heavenly Father, bless my friends today. 
in whatever circumstances they're in. I pray for those who need healing. I pray for those who are facing crisis and trouble. I pray for those who have wandered away in their sin and are hard-hearted and living carnal lives. I pray for those, perhaps even today, listening to me today that are not saved. May they turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, repent of their sins, and believe in you and be saved. Thank you for sharing with us today. And may the Lord bless you. Uh, and I hope to see you soon. Have a great day.